When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey. Hey. What'd you think? About what? Did, did you get my text? Oh. Hello, welcome to another episode of Did You Get My Text? I'm Pat Oswald. I'm Meredith Salinger. We have so many things to talk about today. So many things have come across our desk at the home office. No, nothing has. We just text each other all day. And I texted you a video um, that, well, it went viral recently, but apparently it was discovered back in December. This is a video. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need to walk you guys through this. It is a Norwegian video from a show that they do called Giln Tider, or Tider, which means Golden Times. And the whole point, well, I'll tell you what the show's about in a minute, but basically, this is one of those We Are the World type videos where celebrities get together and they sing a song. Oh my gosh, I and, saw that. Okay. That was so funny. Okay, and go er ahead. So everybody is, everyone was wondering, what in what in God's name is this? And it is... The most random, whiplash-inducing uh, line of celebrities. They're all singing "Let It Be." Wait, before you tell and they're lip-syncing "Let It Be." Before you tell them that, it it evo it reminds us of that video that recently came out. Oh yeah. What was that video? Who was that? That was video? Gal Gadot. Oh, yeah. And her friends. And they were trying. The... Oh, they were singing "Imagine." Oh, and it was just cringe beyond. But and, um, I mean, all those people are great. It's just it, it ended up being a cringy video. That's oh, all. Well. The actors were fabulous. It's just mm -hmm. it was a cringy video. But, well, not all but the people. Listen to this. Not all the people in this video are necessarily great. <laughs> um, no. but, they're interesting. And and so basically, they're all on a beach, and they're they go from one to the other, and then they're suddenly all together. But it looks really hinky, and clearly, it looks green screened and composited. What in God's name is going on here? So what was the song? The there song is "Let It Be," oh, and yeah. what it is is they are lip syncing. Uh, a version of Let It Be from something from 1987 called Fairy Aid. And that was a big, um, there was a, a fairy disaster in in the UK and a thing tipped over and like 190 people drowned. So all these stars got together because that was the time when stars got together and if something went wrong, you sang a song and you gave the money to the people that needed it. So it's Paul McCartney, it's Boy George, it's, the, I mean, it's everyone. All of the people at the time were, that was the that song. That was Live Aid. No, 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 this there was there was Live Aid, and then there was We Are the World, and yeah. then what people forget is We Are the World. There were a million other offshoots of it that oh. just never went anywhere. There was there was Hearing Aid, which is all the metal people got together. <laughs> really? Yes. There was um, Ain't Gonna Play Sun City, which is um, oh uh, the the people against uh, the South African apartheid. Apartheid. Uh -huh. um, then there was Fairy Aid for this fairy. I mean, it got to it got ridiculous. So anyway, so they're all so these people. We're, they're lip syncing 
the song. So it's um, it starts off with Roger Moore giving a recitation, which th- and by the way, this was shot, I believe, in 2010 because Roger Moore has has passed. Um, and he's doing the opening Wait, of the, this video that we're talking about right now was shot in 2010. It was shot in 2010. It looks like it was shot in 1980. You, well, it was shot in 2010. Are you sure? Yes, because what it turns out was, let me first. I got to read some of the people that are in this thing. Uh, first, we start with, of course, the the classic duo. We all know them: uh, Huey Lewis and Jason Alexander <laughs> singing together, lip syncing together. Uh, then we then go to Ricky Lake. We go to Josie Bissett. Then, first whiplash of the uh, video, Tanya Harding. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That her, was crazy. And her um, her caption is, skater in trouble. That's <gasps> what it says. It's a skater in trouble. Oh, my goodness. Then it goes from Tanya Harding to Glenn Close. Um, then, of course, we pass by, why not, Lou, Wait, F- Lou Ferrigno. There's no way this was shot in 2010 because none of the people look like those people and those people look like they're from the 1980s. No, no, no. It was shot in 2010. Look at it again. I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you how it was shot. Okay. By the way, then we all, then we get of course to the the classic trio of Dolph Lundgren, oh, yeah. Malcolm Jamal Warner, oh, my and Judd Nelson. Oh, Malcolm Jamal Warner actually has such a great voice. But anyway, go on. And he's lip syncing. Uh, and then at one point they they cut to Peter Falk just giving a thumbs up, not <laughs> singing, gives a thumbs up. So what? And then and then David Faustino is in it and he's you can kind of hear him singing a little bit and they interviewed him and he what he thinks happened was he vaguely remembers being on a red carpet somewhere and this group this this they said we're doing this thing for charity of people just like singing a little bit of let it be um could you maybe send a video out he goes absolutely he like so it's all these celebrities got caught on the red carpet they filmed them and then they kind of composite them into their, 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 so they're all from different red carpets. Then they composited it together like they're all standing on the beach together and singing this thing. It was a total, it was, it's a promo for this show called uh, Golden Times, where these three guys go and they meet their childhood celebrity heroes. In the first season, it was just Norwegian people, but then for the later seasons, they went and met international people and stars. That's why Mickey Rourke is in the video because it, that's a clip from the show where they go and talk to Mickey Rourke or they go and talk to Leslie Nielsen. When they're looking that's at- That's why it's the most random assortment of people. Yeah, so it was, it was whoever they could get on the red carpet. George Went at one point is oh, yeah. singing. So it's just the weirdest, um, but but th- it, then it makes me, what, what bothers me about it is, because we're all, I, I mean, as actors, I think a lot of people are worried about you know the the deep fakes and the um, all the digital manipulation. You can just have people anywhere doing anything, and and this Norwegian a Norwegian television show just um, put together basically a chaos choir, a chaos of, choir. of uh, celebrities uh, lip syncing, let it lip syncing stars from the eighties who were singing Let It Be. It was all the, it was another one of those massive. That if you watch the original video for Fairy Aid, it's Paul McCartney, it's Boy George, it's Hall and Oates, it's like all these people, and now they're being sung. And I don't where. How do you get? Can they? Can these people sue? Can they're because it's implying that they're promoting this show. They were told that this was a thing for charity. Uh-huh. Then it was recut together to promote a season of a Norwegian television show. That's insane. And they're like, wait, what? And how does that even go together? <laughs> like. I have no idea. How do you idea. use other people who aren't in your TV show to promote your TV? If I was doing a TV show, like, 
Well, because the I, show is about going to meet celebrities, so I guess what they're saying is, oh, these are all these celebrities. That you Although meet. all these celebrities weren't on the show. Are you sure? Well, be, they could have been. Well, at one point, the three guys on, in the show are sitting on the beach. They all have the red oh, sweatshirts on. Yes, I saw. And that. they open the scrapbook, and in the scrapbook, there's Mickey Rourke and Leslie Nielsen. So that's who they're going to go talk to. I see. But all these people around them, they didn't go hang out with. I hope they didn't go hang out with Tanya Harding or, you know, or Ricky Schroeder, for God's sakes. Yeah. You know, so it just, that is, is is that a good or bad, like, is is the idea of being a celebrity now you're just, you're, you're absolutely random content that can be dropped in wherever they need you to go? Yeah. Wasn't Paul Rudd, like, the on some, uh, wasn't he promoting something in Japan? Like, they took his face and put him on a product that was a really strange product. Oh, no, no, no. Maybe he had a picture of himself years ago put in stock footage somehow. or and, wow. and all these people are making ads with him and putting him on products. And do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. A lot of times people will grab – there was a um, – uh, there was some famous like – Thing over in the oh I'm I'm not gonna get this right but it was a it was a propaganda poster against George Bush where it's like George Bush and then like Hitler but then like in the bottom then like the Cookie Monster like they they had taken this image offline and didn't bother to take out the Cookie Monster and it was just all, all these posters all <laughs> over so random yeah because they because culturally they like, I don't know what that little blue thing is who cares um. Hey, you know all those actors that were in that thing that you just talked about? Mm-hmm. And you said George Went was in it? George Went. Fun fact. Uh-oh. I think he's Jason Sudeikis' uncle. He is Jason Sudeikis' uncle. That's why he uh, shows up in um, Ted Lasso season two. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's very cool. Isn't it random when people have siblings that you don't, like, put together or, like, celebrity? Like, for a long time, did everybody know Shirley MacLaine and Warren Beatty were brother and sister? I don't think so. I didn't know for a long time. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know that Julia and Eric Roberts were brother and sister. You didn't? No. Huh? I just thought, well, they're just they're insanely good looking people who have the same last name. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it's weird when you like some people. You're like, oh yeah. Yeah. Although I would, I'd imagine if you had a sibling or a relative who was in showbiz and doing really well, you would go. I'd. I'll. I'll go do that. Like if you have any predilection for doing that, it seems like a fun job. You know, following in your parents' footsteps of their job. Just oh, go do that. That looks cool. Everybody, Why not? Everybody looks at movie stars and goes, "Oh, that looks cool." Yeah, until you until you do it and go, "I just sat around for eight hours to work for ten minutes. What what, what is this? this yeah. is insane. I'm wearing a forty pound bag of birdseed <laughs> under a dress made of wool with a wig in 115 degrees in Oklahoma with horses and dust all around me, and I'm like that for twelve hours. Oy, That's fun. So anyway, um, this uh, video. Oh, by the way, the birdseed was, be- you know, like to mock having a baby. Yeah. And I said to the lady, "Can you just give me a pillow under my thing?" Yeah. And she's like, "You'll walk better. You'll walk differently if it's twenty pounds of birdseed." And I said, "Yeah, but I'm an actress, and I can kind of figure out what I'm supposed to do." But I, I think it's worth you getting chronic back problems for this film. <laughs> I think. That, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We're doing it. We're doing a Lon Chaney in Hunchback of Notre Dame here. We'd like you to be hospitalized when we're done. <laughs> and the other thing on this movie, the the costume designer was really. Did we talk about this before? She was going for an Academy Award for best costume. I could tell mm-hmm. because the outfits I was in were all made of wool. Oh yeah, you talked about this. Yeah, she oh, would yeah. not. And she gave me wool. I had to have wool stockings. Yeah. But you don't see under my dress. I know. And the lady was like. 
um, yeah, but this is the authentic way they did it back then in like the 18 whenever it was. And <laughs> and I was like, but they don't see under my dress. So can I just have regular yeah. cotton stockings or like just nylons or nothing? Hey, costume woman, uh, I appreciate your commitment to craft. Uh, Peter Cushing in Star Wars didn't like his boots, so he wore slippers because he realized his feet were never on camera. So he just he had on nice comfy slippers so yeah. he could so he could do his friggin' job. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. But I just feel like so these which of these celebrities, when they were shown this video, when their manager or someone called them and said, Hey, do you know that this thing exists? Which of them do you think were like should wanted to sue or wanted to do something? And the others wanted to retweet it and celebrate and go, look at me in this cool yeah, video. Exactly. And and also which ones were like which ones were told by their agent or, or a business manager, hey, you can sue, and they're like, I don't – fine. Who cares? I, I mean, don't have it. I don't if care. you're one of them that actually kind of looks good on the show, like Malcolm Jamal Warner who can actually sing. But, but he's not singing. He's lip syncing. I think he sounded like he was singing, No, baby. he's li- – because I, I went and listened to Fairy Aid, and that's a part of the song, and he's lip syncing it. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Dolph Lundgren looks good in it. Everybody else should sue. <laughs> well, Dolph Lundgren is delivering. Yeah, he is. He is performing really it. performing it. The thing that 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 uh, baffles me is the Tanya Harding. To, well, Tanya Harding is very baffling, and um, they must have also been at some event for Melrose Place or Nine Hundred Two One Zero because there's a lot of Melrose Place actors in it. So it feels like that was an. E- you can almost f- figure out the evenings they were at where they went and grabbed stuff. Which you know? is why I'm saying I don't think it was done in 2010. Well, it, it might, maybe they were doing some kind of weird reunion thing or something, but that's a lot of Melrose Place actors yeah, to be was. in this thing. It was. Yeah. Um, hey, this is fun and funny. Should we come back with more fun and funny things after this break? Uh, yeah, they should have let Peter Falk sing. All right, we'll be back. And we're back. Yay. Actually, literally, we're back because we are recording in the studio today. Yeah. And we have Kyle and Sid and Catherine. We are recording and we have now we have a little uh, camera. Uh, what is it called? A clock. <laughs> Not a camera. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. We're filming. It's early. It's I, didn't, cam- I didn't get a coffee. You didn't get a coffee? No. Oh, baby. Anyway, uh, so I have to get up to press on and off on our timer because, you know, we like to keep it around 15 uh, you minutes. You don't – sorry. You don't have to, but you want to. You <laughs> want to get up and turn it off so that you have a little task. Right. And you're so excited to go, I just turned it off. And I just reset it to zero. There's no there's no extra credit on the podcast. No, no, no. You're not re- getting – this is not going to count toward any kind of final grade. No, but the reason why I was excited about it was because I wanted to turn it off so I could get up so then I could come back and go, and now we're back because I was actually back. <laughs> you wanted that I've just walked two feet energy. I, yeah. I wanted the actual official like now we're back energy. Well, uh, now that we're back, uh, this weekend I'm about to fly to Phoenix and Tucson to do shows with my broken foot. These were the two shows that didn't involve – Airport transfers and cra- all my other ones had such crazy travel, and I was advised not to do them. But this one is a very simple flight out of Burbank into Phoenix. A car will drive me from Phoenix to Tucson the next day. A plane will take me home Sunday. Now, having said that, 
Um, I was planning, and I've been doing this ever since the Rona. When I uh, check into hotels, I put the do not disturb sign and I indicate to the front desk, I don't need my room cleaned. I don't want anyone in my room. Um, but a really interesting video uh, was posted by that guy, Adam Conover. Adam ruins everything. Um, who's ki- who, who annoys me sometimes, but boy, does he make a good point here. This is a really good point. Basically, what he's saying is the whole this whole thing about asking not to have any room service don't oh. have to, for corona safety. Uh-huh. He's like, well, that actually is ridiculous. You're not in the room when it's being cleaned. Um, the stuff, yes, it can be transferred through the air, but they're wearing masks, and then once they're done, after a certain amount of time, it's out of the air. You can easily open the windows. This is a way for hotels to cut on labor costs and trim. They're cleaning staffs, a lot of whom are women of color or uh, people who are uh, immigrants, and this is the first job that they can get. And it's also a job that is very, very unionized, and it's a way that they can maybe break unions. So now I'm thinking when I go to my hotel, should I ask for them to be? No, and I'll tell you why. Why? Because you're only there for a day. Do you really need your room cleaned? Don't that, no, I, that lady could be chilling. Instead of cleaning your room, I hope, you don't really need it to be clean. I hope that they're not cutting their staffs and laying people off and it's costing people jobs. If I stay in a hotel for more than a few days, I'm going to ask to have it cleaned every day. Really? Yes. I don't. I will. If I'm doing a movie and they put me up in some hotel for like two months, mm-hmm. I like once a week, just give me fresh towels. I'm torn. If, if, if what he say, if what he say, it just, there's so many... It just feels like we're on the verge of a lot of of jobs that are invisible to I think a lot of the uh, walking around people are quietly being shut down and 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 brushed away and we don't see it and we're not going to see it till it's too late. And so it's like are, are there little things you can do no to help them out. That you're very nice to think of these things Patton, but hotels will still exist and they will still need service people. And but I hope whether the, you ask for your room to be cleaned or not is not going to cut their job. I, I hope so. I'm being very optimistic here. But, you know, I, I, I hope it doesn't like bust a, a union or, or something like that. I, I just I think I think your worries are unfounded on this one. Oh, I just it's there's so many threads. Hey, Patton. What? It's going to be OK. Mm. It's going to be OK. I don't know. Um, so you are going away this weekend, and yep. because you have your broken leg, you have this little scooter thing that you've been using. It's like a little leg-knee scooter thing. Knee scooter. It it looks like a little motorcycle. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> no, it doesn't. I mean, it looks like a kid's scooter. Oh, um, but but here's the thing. It is substantial, and it is heavy, and it will get you around. Mm-hmm. And in order for it to get you around, it needs to be put in and out of a car. Mm-hmm. And since you've broken your leg, who is driving you everywhere? Uh, that has been you. And who is putting that cumbersome metal heavy thing crunching it into the back seat of my car also you and do you notice that i am now only for the past 2 weeks been wearing the same outfit which is a a coveralls they're they're olive green mm-hmm. and um you know they look like mechanic and mechanic overall situation thing and i have uh Grease stain, like wheel stains all mm-hmm. over my clothes because I have to keep shoving this thing in. I think I twisted my back and I hurt my knee. Oh, so I had to go to the chiropractor yesterday because I'm all out of whack because I'm trying to help you. Not, and so it's sort of like a chain of events. When you uh, were 
walking and you stepped over a ramp and slipped on the ramp. It was a handicap ramp and you yeah. twisted your ankle and you broke your ankle mm-hmm. and foot in three places. And that was kind of ironic. Like, oh, you twisted on a handicap mm-hmm. ramp and now you're handicapped. And so now I'm trying to help you. And now I've gotten hurt. <laughs> so it's all, it's a whole thing. It's, yes. it's a domino effect of pain. <laughs> but it has led me to this, to this jumpsuit. Yeah. And jumpsuits right now in fashion mm-hmm. are kind of a thing. And the reason I know that is because my very fashionable friend who was on our <laughs> podcast, my friend Ever Carradine, has this super cool jumpsuit. And she loves it. And she's like, oh, I love my jumpsuit. And it's like a fancy jumpsuit. It's from like a designer named Rachel Comey, mm-hmm. who's a very fancy, expensive designer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think her jumpsuit was like $458 or something Christ. like that. That's a lot of money. For a jumpsuit. For a jumpsuit. Go to Dickies and get a jumpsuit. What are you doing? But guess what? What? Guess how much my jumpsuit is. Uh, $25. Ah! (laughs) It's $39. Oh. And it's from Target. And so I was thinking to myself, wow, Ever has this one jumpsuit for Mm -hmm. $400-something, and this one's not even $40. I could get one in every color. How many colors do they come in? Well, a lot are out of stock because it's oh. the thing. I'm telling you, it's the really? new fashion around. Okay, town. let me ask but you a I've question. Got, don't you want to know? Oh yeah, tell me the tell me the colors. Well, I've got a pink one that I wore on Valentine's yes, I've Day. I've seen that. And I just got a light blue one. Easter egg. Yep, I do look like an Easter egg in mm-hmm. it. This is like my workman one. This, this olive, is army. This is this is army green, olive green. This is the one where it's like you got to load Patton's scooter <laughs> into your back seat. Yep. And the other day you had a gig at Largo, mm-hmm. and um, we had to they have we had to ask them to make like this tiny little ramp. Oh god! But it was very steep, and yeah. so everyone who works at Largo—it's the equipment loading ramp, is what it is. It is, but their ramp—it was a tiny little one they did for you, and yeah. so it was like very steep. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you could pedal up. No, you were definitely going to slide down. So all of us. Um, Flanagan, who owns and runs the place, and Michael, who works there, and we were all behind you, pushing you up a ramp. Not humiliating at all. But it was great because you're so charming and adorable and funny that when you got to the, when you, it was your turn to go on stage, you kind of just like, what's the word? You like scooted out, but like you floated out. I I was, I glided. You glided across the I glowed. I glade across it. I glided. Your broken oh, that doesn't sound right. Your broken foot was on the scooter, and your working foot you stuck out like an arabesque. I and glued you, across the snow. And you no, you flowed. Glided. Glided. Mm. Glued. That anyway, doesn't sound right at all. You handled it. Now let me ask you something. Now that you've been wearing these jumpsuits or coveralls for a, a couple weeks now, these are the Target ones that you're wearing. This is my new uniform. Well, stand up for a second. To stand up. Why? I want to ask you some questions about the coveralls. All right. So now that you've been wearing them and you're used to them, and there's the pockets in the front, and there's, are there any features if you were to refine, if Target came to you and said, you love our coveralls, thank you for wearing them, are there things that we should add to them, things that they should have that would help you, that would make things even more convenient? I mean, that's why cargo pants are so awesome because you can put stuff in them. Exactly. And so these coveralls happen to be fabulous. I mean, if I were going to be critiquing it, yeah. If I, I mean, I feel like it's pretty perfect. But if I were going to critique it, I would say instead of the angled pocket, mm-hmm. make it more of a straight square kind of thing, so you could just plop your phone in and your glasses easily without it. Uh, are there going also sideways. are there also cargo pockets, shin pockets, or no? Would you want pockets here on the sleeves? No, that's ugly. Okay. 
So that you wouldn't add anything to this. I mean, I would, no. I think it's pretty perfect. And I, not, not even like a utility belt or anything? <laughs> you know, I have a friend who started a company, and she actually did make a tool belt for for girls. She has a company. <laughs> well, it's a company called Girl, Girl Flip. Mm-hmm. And it, you know how tool belts are those like leather kind of very heavy tool belt things mm-hmm. that construction people wear? She made it so it's like cute for girls, like it's right. made out of snakeskin, but it's not real snakeskin. It's like plastic. But so it's, so it's not very useful. No, it is useful. What can you put in it? Everything a man can put in a tool. Wait a second. Anything anyone. I don't want to say a man. Everyone wears a tool belt. <laughs> we all wear oh, tool belts. God. Okay, so if so, so you love these coveralls, but what happens if next season? I don't know how fashion works, but I know that it's all about. Well, it's got to be totally new. What if Target just like, yeah, we stopped making those. That was just for that one. And you're like, I need more of those. Do you then have to track them down on eBay? How do you find more of them? Well, this is what I do. What? I think to myself, is this something I love and going to wear forever? And if the answer is yes, I might buy two of the same oh, thing. Oh, okay. In fact, I often have a uniform. Every year it sort of morphs. For some reason, there's yeah. a reason why it morphs. So for a long time I was wearing these like – Harem That's elephant right, pants. That's right, the harem pants. Harem elephant pants for like, you know, a year. And my friend was like, if you don't get rid of those goddamn elephant <laughs> pants. <laughs> and then I, one year I was wearing like this um, long flowy skirt. It's like imagine you're at a Mexican restaurant and the ladies are dressed up in those beautiful Mexican uh, – what are they called? Those co- Their costumes? Whatever. The skirt was like that kind of a skirt. Mm-hmm. And I loved it because it was super comfortable. And I was wearing that – in my life for that year prior to knowing you. Mm. And my friend ever was like, if you wear that goddamn skirt on a date with me, we were going to go on a date. And she's like, if you wear that goddamn skirt. God, I hope this isn't reflective of how your life has gone with me. You're wearing fun flowing harem pants and then a skirt. And now that you're with me, you're just a in mechanic. mechanics overalls. You're covered in grease. Taking care of a it's, grumpy old exactly. man. Exactly. Oh, my God. And I just... honey, now that you've put, now that you've brought that up. Mm-hmm. That's 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 what's happened. <laughs> I used to live a very carefree. I broke this woman. Happy life. I'd go on tour with musicians. I'd be hanging out, chilling, mm-hmm. and uh, running around, being anti mare extraordinaire to all these cute little kids everywhere. And uh, I could leave whenever I wanted. And now I'm just a mom. Speaking of being a mom, you were anti mare extraordinaire to cute little kids everywhere. <laughs> to all my friends, little kids. Huh. Um, to my sister's kids and my best friend's kids. Mm-hmm. But speaking of being a parent, um, I was I, – I come from anti-energy. Right. So when I want to parent Alice now, yeah. my initial instinct is to do it with flair. Yeah. For example, I had dinner last night with another couple who I'd never met before. We were talking about parenting, and he said he was pretty strict. Yeah. And I said, I too am strict. And he said – and I said, but I do it in an adorable way. <laughs> and he was like, like, what does that mean? I was like, it means when I go up into Alice's room and there's shit all over the floor mm-hmm. and she's just a disaster throwing things everywhere after I've told. I'm like, all right, darling, spit spot. Let's clean it up. You do it as a character. And so I'll do it as Mary Oh, Poppins. I'm not strict. That's just this character that I do. I can't control what she does. Yeah. So I, I try to be strict in an adorable way at first. Like, 
All right, darling, eat your vegetables. Got to be strong, got to be fit. What if you took it way too far and, like, got a ventriloquist dummy <laughs> and you're holding this real strict, mean little woman in your hand and you're like, hey, Alice, let's go downstairs and watch a movie. No, she's got to clean up around. Oh, you know what? <laughs> I, I really want to watch a movie with you, but Edna here says you, Edna, can't th- can't you just do that? No, this film is a pigsty. Well, there's nothing I can do. I'm very sorry. That's hilarious. Yeah, get a but little I, uh, ventriloquist done. But after I do do the, all right, let's do this, da, da, da. Mm-hmm. and if she doesn't do it, mm-hmm. and then I come back to check, I'm like, coming to check, and then I'll come check, and I'll be like, what the hell? <laughs> Alice, the, I literally asked you. It takes two seconds to do this. Then the act is gone. And then it's scary mom. It just becomes <laughs> scary mom. So at, I'll try my best to make it fun and adorable because that's where my anti-energy comes from. And then if it doesn't happen, I like morph. We into. should show her the movie Mommy Dearest so that we <laughs> so then she can go, well, at least it's not that bad. Like it'll give her some perspective and she can just enjoy, you know, it'll it'll seem much more chill with you. Exactly. Um, Pat Oswalt. Yes, Meredith. Something Sanford. very exciting is coming up in two weeks. What's that? It is something called South by Southwest. Mm. South by Southwest is a film festival and a music festival. It's film, a it's an music, award comedy book. It's just it's arts and culture and it's amazing. It's a yeah, and so they premiere a lot of new movies that are coming mm-hmm. out. They premiere a lot of new bands, and this year is particularly exciting. Not only does Patton have a movie there mm-hmm. premiering called I Love My Dad, yes. but your own Meredith Salinger, too, <laughs> has a movie premiering there called The Prank. It is a movie I did over the summer with Rita Moreno, who is literally the cutest, coolest, most fabulous. A friggin' legend. A legend. If you get a chance to watch the documentary, Just a Girl Who Went For It, about her life, you, I know that there's so many different stories about Rita and how amazing she is. Trust me, you still don't know half of it. Her life is insane. The best part of doing the movie with her was that when we were sitting on set just waiting for them to set up shots, Mm -hmm. we'd be chatting. Mm -hmm. And we started chatting about boyfriends. (laughs) And she was telling me about Marlon Brando and Elvis and all these interesting people that she was with. And She cheated on Marlon with Elvis to make Marlon jealous. But then she said... Sex with Elvis was amateur hour, and it was not worth it. And then it just like, but the fact that she's just so casually, I was trying to make Marlon Brando jealous, so I slept with Elvis. But Elvis was terrible. Like I didn't, I clearly like that. That's that's like that's like one of a million anecdotes that she has. Yeah, and then I was telling her all my million anecdotes <laughs> from from this generation with all the crazy people that would be counterparts to the Marlon mm-hmm. Brando and the people like that. Mm-hmm. I have my counterparts. Your counterparts. But I'm not going to say them on the air because, you know, you know, Patton, it's only going to piss you off. (laughs) (laughs) He tends to, he'll get a little jealous. It's cute. It's adorable. But back to the South by Southwest thing. Mm -hmm. You told me first that your movie got accepted there. And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, yay. And you're like, honey, do you want to come with me? And I was like, of course, it'll be so fun. And then the next day, the director called me and said, hey, our movie got accepted. And I was like, yay. But it was exciting because... Not only are we going together as a couple, both with things there, that's right. fun. But for me, I don't think I've had a movie premiere at a festival since, gosh, a Telluride Film Festival when I was 15. I don't know. What was, uh, was, did Natty Gann premiere at the Telluride Festival? We Yeah, we were at the Telluride Film Festival, huh? Wow. I've never – that's one of the festivals I've never been to. I would love to go there. Interestingly, when I, when I did that film festival – 
um, I I stayed at Jackson Brown's house because <laughs> he has a house in Telluride. Uh-huh. And funnily enough, the mm-hmm. show that you just did this past, past weekend, uh, it was a comedy show. Judd Apatow yep. was hosting whatever. You were there. Jim Carrey was there. J- Jackson Brown sang. Did three songs. And it was so nice to see singing at a comedy show. I've never did seen Did he it. remember you staying in this house? Well, I don't think so. I, I think I, I think I was like, hey, I, I was there for the weekend. I was at your house. He's like, oh, hi. Now, when you were at Telluride, now you were very young. I was 15. I was on a panel for women in film. Oh, well, I, I, yeah. okay, that's what I was about to ask you. I remember the first film festival I got to go to that I had a film in. I was very excited, but in my mind, I thought, I'm, we'll screen the film, we'll do a Q&A, and then... I'll have my festival pass. And I'll just get to go watch movies the whole time. Yeah. But what happened was, no, they want you to do, and, and you want to serve the film. It was a little indie movie. And they want you to go do interviews. And yeah, that's why stuff. you're there. You're going to so help I, promote the film. I didn't get to see anything. Oh. I didn't get to see a single film while I was there. And it was very, very frustrating. So do you remember at Telluride, did you get to go see other films? It was all about, like, I'm promoting this movie. Honey, I was 15. I had no desire or need to do anything oh. but be in Telluride, mm-hmm. hang out. My mom was with me, mm-hmm. hang out at Jackson Brown's house with Daryl Hannah and do the women in film panel and promote my movie. I don't. I, I wasn't like a film nerd like you. Like, oh, I've read recently. I was 15. It wasn't like Ali Sheedy was there and I wanted to go see Breakfast Club. I was 15. Uh, I'm just so excited for South by Southwest because it's in Austin. It's where the Alamo Draft House is. Hopefully, and usually during South by Southwest, there's a lot of secret midnight premieres or screenings. So hopefully, oh, you've done a lot of um, hosting uh, movies at the Alamo. I I hosted movies during South by Southwest. I got this super tiny indie film into South by Southwest called The Snake that uh, they let me and I got to bring the filmmakers out. And then one of the earliest. Um, Earliest screenings of Ratatouille, I arranged to have that happen at the Alamo Draft House in Austin. Um, they hi- the Alamo Draft House is the is the best. They hired chefs wearing these cute little rat noses, and <laughs> in the lobby you could get a little takeout cup of like Ratatouille and linguine, and they poured wine and they made it a whole like French thing. And um, it, it, there was nothing better at the time. All of the ain't it cool people, all the online critics, all the Austin is is just lousy with amazing film critics, and they're all in the audience. And the moment when uh, the critic Anton Ego tastes the ratatouille, and then when he drops his pen, all the critics lost their minds because oh, like wow. that's the illu- like when you every now and then you encounter something where you're like, I have nothing to say about this. It's perfect. Wow. And so just to get to see that moment happen. And so, and so I'm just wondering, I know the Alamo is going to do something cool while we're there. I just don't know what it'll be. Have you ever had ratatouille? Oh, yeah. What is it? Ratatouille is a, um, uh, it's like a sliced vegetable dish of uh, tomato, squash, onions in a tomato base. It's, as, as they say in the film, it's a peasant dish. It's the vegetables we have, and you make it into kind of a nice stew, and it's really tasty. Oh, where could we possibly go to get ratatouille? Uh, a lot of places have uh, ratatouille. A lot of French restaurants make ratatouille. Can we go? Sure. Cool. I'll, okay. I'll find a place. The, the rat. Uh, by the way, the ratatouille in Ratatouille was designed by a chef named Thomas Keller, who runs the French Laundry up in Yountville. He designed that whole thing and the kitchen. The not just not just the kitchen. The specific dish. Wow. The, with the parchment paper coming off, and he cooked it. There's oh, film yes. of him cooking it, and he um, he choreographed. It, you're saying. 
Yeah, he designed it and said, this is how it would be made. Right. This is how you got to do it. And they said, <laughs> Brad Bird said he, he screened it for Thomas Keller. And he said, when the ratatouille comes out of the oven and they take the parchment off and you can see that it's still cooking, it's like tiny bit moving, which is what food does. Uh-huh. It's like Thomas kind of teared up a little bit. He's Aww. like, that's my, it's like, it's my son. Oh. Like my kid is in a movie. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm very, very excited to get to go to South by Southwest, but I have a feeling that both of us are just going to be promoting, because you have to, you got to promote the movie. Hey man, I have friends that are going to be there that are like, mm-hmm. I've got this party, I've got that party. So I know that after the movies, you're going to go home. And I'm yeah. going to go out with my friends. Well, go have fun. <laughs> well, I have a couple of friends in um, Austin that I want to go hang with, um, uh, a couple of writer friends that I really, really want to see. And I w- also want to go to – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call – I know the, the guy who runs the um, Alamo, and I'm going to see if they're going to do some kind of late-night thing. Every every year they do a thing at the Alamo called the Butt Numathon. It's a 24-hour film festival. Have you done it? I've, I haven't done the Butt Numathon, but I have done the QT Fest. What's that? That is Quentin Tarantino. Oh. He opens up his vault, and he shows the movies that he is using for the inspiration for whatever his next film is. Oh, wow. So That's um, so cool. Yeah, so I he did one at the New Beverly, but it was like a month long. It wasn't all night, and it was all the westerns that he was – forming um, into Django Unchained. And and so you see the influences. And then if you, um, right before Once Upon a Time in Hollywood came out, he did a month of all of those late 60s movies that the washed up um, child and TV actors were doing, like Fabian and um, Troy Donahue and stuff, Frankie Avalon, which is what Leonardo's character was. Right. Like kind of, now I'm in Italy doing some spy movie. What the hell is going on with my career? Amazing. And he was imagining, but what if one of them had stopped the Manson murders and then got in with Polanski and then became a massive star? Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, so that kind of thing. I mean, again, that's that's all for me, but I love that stuff so much, you know? So hopefully hopefully there'll be a couple of movies. Well, the reason why we're telling you all about South by Southwest is because if you are in Austin or if you go to Austin and you go to this, I think you can get tickets to see the movies. Yes, uh, you can absolutely go to um, southbysouthwest.com. I believe it's sxsw.com. Um, uh, the The whole schedule is mapped out. Yeah, so you can get passes. It's so amazing. Patton's movie is called? I, I Love My Dad. And my movie is, well, it's not really my movie. It's Rita Moreno's <laughs> movie. But the movie I'm in with the amazing Rita Moreno is called The Prank. And it's pretty funny or scary or I don't know what it is. I thought you said it was like a dark comedy. It is like a dark comedy. Mm. I haven't seen it. I'm going to be seeing it for the first time. You're going to see it at the premiere? Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. It's pretty exciting. So, well, I'll be and, – and you can look for me on the red carpet with uh, star of the prank, Meredith Salinger, wheeling along behind her with my little basket. I, oh, my God. I should fill my basket with flowers. And then I'll, like, I'll strew flowers in front of you as you go down the red carpet. You are a funny, funny man, I'm gonna Mr. Oswald. I'm going to do that. Oswald. I'm going to get a bunch of rose petals. Um, that's a good idea. Yeah. You should do that. I'm going to do that. Okay. You guys? Are we going to be back? I mean, we will be back if we feel like taking a break. Do you feel like taking a break? We'll come back and we'll answer some of your speak pipes. Yeah, man. All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We'll be back in just a second right now. Here's a threefer from Journey. Let's start it off with Separate Ways. Do we not have the rights to that? All right, let's just take a break. Mm-hmm. 
So the cool thing about our podcast is that people can actually not just email in, they can send a voicemail to us. Nice. It's a thing called SpeakPipe. I guess if you go to the website um, of our podcast, you can press a little button and record if a voice. If they go to the where? The website of our podcast? Yeah. Oh, nice. Is that a thing? Go to the website of our podcast. Oh, that's very internet It sounds it? very, it's very, very... It's very 2022. That's very boomer describing the internet. Hey, it's the... Go, go to the website of our podcast. It's on your computer. And press the button that says speak pipe. There's a button that you press. It's a series of tubes. That's what the internet is. It's tubes. So the cool thing is is that we have a multitude of voicemails to choose from. And I think right now is the perfect time. Do we have a multitude or a plethora? We have a kaleidoscope of people. Not quite. A cornucopia. All right. That's good. Whatever. We've got some speak pipes to listen to, so let's hear them. Hello, Patton and Meredith. This is John from New Hampshire. Patton, I just wanted to say thank you very much for... Mentioning AP Bio in the podcast because I totally missed that show and I'm binging the crap out of it right now and it is awesome. Keep up the good work, guys, on the podcast and I will be listening. Thank you very much. Okay, first off, John, call Toms of Maine and get a job as their announcer because you were born to say, um, fresh mint toothpaste. My <laughs> God, that voice. Your voice is amazing, John. Yeah, dude. And uh, yeah, thank you. I'm glad that you discovered AP Bio, and I'm sure that you know by now it ain't coming back. So it's we canceled. got four perfect seasons that we're very, very happy with. But I'm so glad you're a fan. Thank you. Yeah, and you can watch them on Peacock. You can watch them on Peacock. Anyway, it's a great show. It's pretty funny. You're so dorky in it, but it's great. <laughs> You're so nerdy in it. I had so much fun doing that show because half my scenes were with Paula Pell, and that's all I want. Oh my god, I'm I just want to be in scenes with her. She, uh, anyway, I, okay. I could go. On. I've already gone off about how amazing she is, but yeah. yeah. Thanks, John. Here we go. Hello, Pat and Meredith. Um, so, uh, thank you very much for actually doing the uh, podcast. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. Because of that, I got into Did You Get My Text, and I've been listening to them every day to try to catch up the newest episode. I just got to the episode where you were talking about baby names that shouldn't, uh, that should really like, you know, phase out. And I started laughing because the name that you chose that you were supposed to send your friend in Australia is Gary. And my name is in fact, Gary. Um, (laughs) my parents, uh, named me Gary because of the 1986 World Series. I'm from New York. My parents were huge diehard Mets fans, and they called, named me after Gary Carter. I found this out when I was about nine years old, and I was rooting for the Yankees, and my father told me the awful truth that I was apparently supposed to be a Met fan <laughs> until the day I died. Uh, but I will tell you this. Having Gary as a name is weird, but it's kind of awesome. Garys are nice. And if you don't believe me, ask Patton. Uh, Modoc's um, most um, loyal um, worker is Gary, and props to him because we are loyal and we are awesome. Oh okay. my gosh, Gary! I flip in love that you called. You're adorable. Well, my you're... dad is na- my dad's name is Gary. <laughs> yeah, I know, <laughs> and 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 I agree with you. Garys are nice. Gary, by the way, you added. I'm 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 sure that's just your normal speaking voice, and that's fine. But my God, you added so much 
uh, ominousness and suspense, the way you phrased it, and you, it sounds like you are, you've been permanently scarred by the moment that your dad told you, like, <laughs> I was rooting for the Yankees, and that's when my dad told me that I had been named for Gary Carter. And like, like, like you have been cursed. You, your, your delivery was so amazing. I was, I was leaning forward in my chair listening to you. You could write a, you could do a audio screenplay movie. He should, well, he should do like a trailer for a little indie horror film. Or he should just. All they wanted was to go to Camp Crystal Lake for a weekend away. They did not know. That, like, oh no, my he God. can't do the trailer. He has to tell the story. Yeah, he's got to be the guy at the beginning. Yeah, no, he's the, and then he's he's the, the narrator. One, he's the guy that survived. Now he's older. And telling the story. And he's telling you what happened. Yeah. By the way, um, yes, uh, Modoc's most loyal uh, employee is named Gary, who stays loyal even after Modoc blows his arm off. Oh. And uh, Gary was vo- is voiced by the amazing Sam Richardson. Sam, oh, I'm in love with Sam Richardson. <laughs> I know you I are. just fell in love with him. <laughs> I literally, he, he's on a show right now called The After Party, he's, and he's so adorable. He's been amazing forever. And, and he's you, so funny, and I'm, I just instantly, like, I think every woman in America or anywhere who sees that show yeah. is going to fall in love with Sam Richardson. Yeah. You, and, sh- you should go but back. But you told me to watch Veep. Oh. And then he did something else called Werewolves. Werewolves Inside, him and Milena Vaintrub, that is a very fun horror slash comedy. But but it got amazing reviews and just kind of just got dumped in the middle of nowhere. So let's watch it. Anyway, I'm, I'm a big fan. But Gary, I love that you called. I love that your name's Gary. But Gary, <laughs> you sound like you're older than 20. Yeah. And there's no person born today that you look at the mother and you go, oh, your baby's so cute. What's its name? And she says, Gary. It doesn't happen. What's your daughter's name? Linda. Nope. Okay. Let's hear another speak pipe. I hit hobbits on meth. And the ad before that was for drug treatment recovery rehab centers in Pennsylvania and New Jersey. Was that irony or is that set up to be like that? It just doesn't work. You can't. I didn't expect to hear meth recovery places <laughs> or drug stuff for, for, I thought it was you guys doing that, but it was a real ad in front of <laughs> hobbits on meth. <laughs> um, First off, I can't tell if he's delighted or enraged, I can't which tell I if love. That's, I can't tell if that's Mark Marin. I don't think that's Mark. It's not Mark. Yeah, but it has a little bit of the tiny bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is funny, and that is pure coincidence, but also hilarious. That amazing. is just uh, yeah, delicious irony. There's a, there's a uh... and you could be a comedian, by the way. Get up on stage, man. I feel like you can. <laughs> I feel like you're the next good comedian. There's a delicious irony. Uh, sometimes things just uh, yeah. There's a meth treatment center, and then it goes into hobbits on meth. There's an infamous one. That's really funny. There was an episode of the new Battlestar Galactica where a a lead character unexpectedly kills themselves, blows her brains out out of despair, and then they they cut to commercial, and the commercial is for these new soups called like Lipton or ew. Campbell Splashers. Ew, ew. And, and in the thing, the soup is like, it's tomato soup like splashing. <laughs> and it was like, oh God, why are you? T-? So I don't think they thought through very much about how. But I love when that happens. It happens on newspapers too. Like the headline will be something like, new mayor save city. And then underneath it's like, cocaine has risen in this yeah, area. And then it's crazy, just all yeah. about, yeah. But I like when that happens. It's mm-hmm. serendipitous. Serendipitous. Let's do one more. 
Hi, Patton and Meredith. Hope you guys are doing great. My name is Sam, and I wanted to call into the podcast to ask about Patton's experience working on the college humor series Badman. I think it's one of the funniest things that has ever been put out on the internet. And the episode with Patton where he plays the penguin is absolutely hysterical. It's something that I watch on a bad day. Uh, so I'd love to hear about how Patton got involved in that and what it was like to film on the set and with Pete Holmes. And just anything you can tell me would be great. I also just wanted to mention that seeing Patton live was a bucket list item for me. And I'm uh, very glad that a couple of years ago I was able to check that item off the list when Patton performed just up the street from me at Whiskey Business in Chicago. So thanks a lot, guys. Love the pod and uh, hope you're both doing well. Yeah. Um, getting to do that series. I don't even know what he's talking about. What is this? There, it, was a, it was a web series by this group called College Humor. They would do shorts. And so Pete Holmes played um, – it's Batman. It's the Christian Bale Batman except he's – He's just the dumbest person you've ever, <laughs> and he's and, and they would redo a lot of the scenes to the movies. But if he was really dumb, and then they started doing other scenes with other villains. The two things I remember the most were the the makeup artist, one of whom was uh, I still work with um, a lot, Cat Bardot. I request her because she's so amazing. Um, the appliances they put on me because what they did was they did the rest of Batman's Rogues Gallery, the Riddler, I was the Penguin, but the way that Christopher Nolan would have done it, and that it's very dark and very so. As the Penguin, I have these deformed flipper hands. I have this kind of uh, you know penguiny looking head. There's something wrong with my ears. Like it's it's how Nolan would have interpreted, it, even though it's very funny. Um, and then I also remember. Uh, the 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 appliances they put on me kind of changed the shape of my face and like pulled things and it made me it changed the way that I delivered my lines and it actually made it even easier because I was just like I was talking like the way the penguin would. You uh, look like the perfect person to play the penguin. No, that's for the penguin. You've got to get um, uh, no clearly for the the perfect penguin um, instead of having me. Uh, you get, um, and now I can't think of his name. John Hamm. No, nope. <laughs> just kidding. the guy that the Irish actor, the cute Irish actor. The cute. Ir- oh, I love that guy. The guy from Fargo. No, they got this really amazing. He's an amazing actor, but they have him under like pounds of prosthetics and makeup. That's in the new, uh, the new Batman movie that's coming out. Yeah, I, I don't know who that guy is, but I'm telling you, you'd be the perfect penguin. <laughs> I agree. Okay. Well, you let me be penguin. You, I said you'd be the perfect penguin, and you said, no, this guy should be. Well, no, I don't was, uncast yourself when I, I was, cast no, you. No, no, no. I was trying to do something ironic. It's not ironic. Yeah. Just accept the compliment. The Batman. Who's playing penguin? Colin Firth. Colin Farrell. He's not a little guy. Colin Farrell, but they have him under all this, like, prosthetics. Yeah, but he's supposed to be, like, a short, fat little guy. They have him in a fat suit. And baby, you'd be perfect. Okay. <laughs> well, anyway. Why? But, I, um, well, wow. Thanks for all your speak pipes. I love listening to people who listen to our thing. Thank you so much for sending in those speak pipes. We love hearing them. Keep calling in. Keep asking questions. I love hearing people's voices. I love their questions. I want to chat with these people. I think it's pretty cool. So, yeah, send in your speak pipes. And please join us next Tuesday when we talk to you Michelle Obama. slipped into a British accent. You please, were so close. Please join us next yeah, Tuesday. Please. And then Tuesday. you saved it. You pulled it out the last second. I really didn't. I wasn't, mm. I wasn't going into it. But 
All right. Yeah, but next week we've got Barack Obama, huh? Michelle Obama, what? Sasha Obama, and Borat. <laughs> so see you next week. Goodbye. Farewell. Adieu. This podcast is a production of Meredith Salinger and Patton Oswalt. In association with Starburns Audio. Executive producers are Cliff Dorfman and Jason Smith. And if you have questions for us, send them to... Hey, did you get my text? At gmail.com. And don't forget, subscribe to this podcast. It's free and it helps us get to keep making the show. Starburns Audio, a podcast network.